gentlemen, girls and boys, cats and dogs, you know what time it is. It's time for Sorry If I Spit When I Speak with your hosts, Daddy-O McDuck and Dr. Hoji the Electric Smoji. Sorry if I spit when I speak. I'm Daddy McDuck and I'm joined by my longtime co-host Dr. Hoji, the Electric Smoji, and John Sheeran, the great writer for CincyJungle.com. Rivalries. They're great, right? But sometimes they become a distraction. The rivalry between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers is arguably one of the fiercest in all of sports. And, in my opinion, it's getting a little out of hand. The entire offseason, fans and players from both sides have been taking shots at one another. From the perspective of a Bengals fan, I have two problems with this. One, I don't wish any injuries or pain upon anyone, including the Steelers. Look, the Dalton thumb injury was a freak accident, but AJ Green was knocked out with a concussion at the end of the 2014 game against the Steelers. And then he missed our playoff game against the Colts. Then it was Tyler Eifert getting concussed against Pittsburgh in the regular season this past year, and Gio got a concussion or the nasty hit in the playoffs. Of course, there's also the Carson Palmer injury. Meanwhile, Vontez Burfick single-handedly took out the Steelers' offense, accidentally injuring Le'Veon Bell, driving Roethlisberger into the ground and knocking Antonio Brown out of the playoffs with a concussion. So playing hard is great, but there's just too much machismo in our games. People are getting knocked out and, and no one benefits. In Wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. Did I hear you say you do not wish physical harm upon the Steelers? Did I hear you say that? Because wishing harm upon the Steelers is what qualifies you as a Bengals fan, man, or even just as a sensible person. I hate the Steelers. I hate them far more than I will ever love the Bengals. Google the words rivalry and Steelers, Tadio, and you will see that the Steelers basically have a sizzling hot rivalry with every major team in their division. I'm talking about the Ravens, the Browns, us, everyone. Everyone hates them because they are evil, because they are a UFO cult, as I have explained in detail before. One of the few joys that I have as a Bengals fan is to see them in pain. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with that. Uh, you shouldn't wish physical pain on anyone. What? Uh, but there is also this to consider. As the more talented team, we show a lack of confidence. As Bengals, we show a lack of confidence in ourselves by reveling in the Steelers' failures. Their poor draft choices, when their players get in trouble, or the fact that they might not be able to keep both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell when they become free agents. It's really like we're saying, hey, we didn't win a playoff game, but at least the Steelers didn't win another Super Bowl. I mean, we're too good for that, right? And, and we need to set our standards higher. I really think this attitude puts us 
at a disadvantage in games against Pittsburgh. They know they're in our heads and that they play far better against us than they should. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty obvious that the rivalry has shifted into this malicious and fierce and bloody biannual affair that is predicated upon who can injure the other team the most. And what people are missing is that the Steelers, they have a successful formula on how to beat the Bengals. And it's a few things. It starts with the running game. They have a great system. It's it's a zone-based system, one cut downhill. And no matter who is the running back, they seem to have success against us, whether it's Isaac Redman, Rashad Mendenhall, I think it was Jonathan Dwyer for one game, uh, Jerome Bettis going back all the way back 10 years ago. And now they have Williams and Bell, who are very successful in their scheme. And number two, it was Heath Miller, obviously. He seemed to have found every single soft spot in any coverage we would deploy for a career's worth of time, especially in Paul Brown Stadium. And number three, it's the way they disguise A-gap blitzes on defense. I mean, their front seven for years has been great. It's kind of transitioned into a, a younger core, but I think that system that LeBeau established is still kind of embedded in their philosophy, and it still works against us because our interior offensive line still has troubles with it. So I think it's those three things that they utilize consistently, and they have success against us. And I think we need to get past the point where are they trying to maliciously injure us, or can they do this because they consistently have the upper edge in terms of matchups? Because that's, that is what this game is all about. It's a game of matchups. And I think once we realize that, we can start seeing progress in this rivalry. Right. They just keep pulling us back in, man. They just keep hurting us. They just keep cheating. They just keep uh, you know, putting their assistant coach on the field and, and doing crazy stuff, man. And they don't let us just be us. Don't you get it? That's what bullies do, guys. It's not about us. It's right, about them. Right, but I, it's their fault. It's not about us. Look, yes, but I just want to go back to John's point. I agree. It is about matchups, and they beat us strategically. So let's let's you know let's not focus on all the controversial calls or whatever. And and that's why I say the rivalry. It should be about football. It shouldn't be about the the extra stuff. You know. The, I totally uh, agree. The rivalry should be about what all rivals are about. It's about revenge. No, no, revenge. no, no. Football. Revenge. No. Revenge in the form of winning not... and hurting and paining and causing injury and. Okay, Hoji, look, look. I I want to go back to John's point and talk about strategy, and that's why. I want to preview our first matchup with the Steelers, which will be in week two. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, that, next season. That, you, you, so, you're, you're seriously not going to tell them? Tell them what? <laughs> Come on, man. You know. Oh. I mean, it's a little embarrassing. Uh, Daddy, our listeners deserve to know, man. Come on. All right. Well, so Hoji and I have been the victims of a number of vicious online attacks by Steelers fans. For instance, there is this one guy, he has a YouTube channel. It's called uh, Steel Legends. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And go ahead, go ahead. Well, Why don't you tell uh, Daddy our listeners exactly what he told you? Okay, I mean, I don't know what these words mean exactly, but he told me to, quote-unquote, bow down. And he also called me... Uh, let me see if I... Yeah, he called me a Bengal fuke. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> no, no, you're not, man. It's a... Uh, it's yeah, but we don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know? I mean, in football terminology, it's... I mean, look, like, my limousine driver, when he calls my crossover nasty, or those nice old ladies, they called me a baddie, you know? I mean... Yeah, pretty sure it's a bad thing, man. Pretty sure it's a bad thing. Right. Well, you know what? That's okay. I'm not going to let it get under my skin. I'm going to let it slide, and I'm going to set a good example for our players. Great, because, yeah, that kind of... Uh... That kind of attitude has worked for the Bengals. 
clearly. They, uh, you know, just be the nice guy. Always just kind of be nice. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you never win a game because uh, you're nice. So there you go. Just keep losing, you know, McFly. John, John, Can I call you, you McFly? Can I call you McFly? No, John, don't you think it's game? better that I let it slide? What's the point of fighting, really? Look, guys, this is very simple. And I, I agree with Daddy. Bullies, more times than not, want the person they are bullying to go down to their level, to push them to places that they're not comfortable in, that they know they won't succeed in, but they antagonize them so much where they feel like they have no choice. They push and push and push the envelope until, bam, that person decides to strike back, and the bully gets exactly what they want. The Steelers displayed this perfectly this past playoff game. So, no, I don't agree with full-fronting a Steelers-like attack against the Steelers. You can't beat them at their own game. You have to counter it. You have to ignore it. You have to be the better team. Yep, that's called revenge. Well, you call it whatever you want. Oh, hold on. Sorry, guys. We have a caller, actually. That's kind of strange. Um, yeah, go ahead, Yoran. Uh, sorry if I spit when I speak. It is Steel Legends. Great. What's up, man? You much. guys ready or Who what? Is this, this is Steel Legends, the YouTube sensation. Everybody knows me. I go to away games. I go to home games. The biggest Steelers fan out there. Oh, yeah. Steel Legends. That's right. You're the guy who is making those comments on Twitter, actually, right? I mean... We, me and Hoji, we had, I know who you are, man. Yeah, me and Hoji, we had you, a, actually a question about that. He was saying that the a, phrase you used for me, he's saying it's a bad thing. What, what was the phrase again, Hoji? I, the, something really bad, man. Well, we don't know. I mean, that's, a, ba- a Bengal f. Right, right. Oh. And I was saying, <laughs> I was saying, well, no, we had a debate about that. I was saying that could be a good thing, like saying I have a nasty crossover or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. It could translate that way. Don't fall see, for, don't fall for his shenanigans, man. Man, he is a typical stealer. He says one thing, but it's a trick. It's a, it's, it's, it's. But look, look, uh, Steel, I'm actually really glad that you called because I want to put this little misunderstanding to rest, you know? I, I want to get the ball rolling and say I actually admire a lot of things about your team and your great city of hardworking people. Last year, your team lost a lot of uh, players and veteran leadership, and they dealt with a lot of injuries and players missing time for you know other things, like, I don't know, getting in trouble, whatever. Uh, but they came back and they fought hard and they, they, they got to the playoffs and they, they really gave the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos a run for their money in the divisional round. So I'm sure you admire a lot of things about our team as well. So don't you think it's time to put this crazy rivalry behind us and stop all this chitter-chatter? First of all, you got to understand something. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going for stairway to seven. We're going for our seventh Super Bowl ring. Okay, there's no question that the most competitive team at this point is the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North. Uh, and it's like right. two right. it's like two dogs going for one bone baby and the Pittsburgh Steelers are the biggest dog right now in the AFC North. Well, well be careful when you use phrases like dog that's right, man. because I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, uh, I knew this was going to happen. It's racist. That's the problem. It's racist, man. This is the, the, uh, you you got to watch the language cuz because, because <laughs> when you comp- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like to use dog in a disparaging way, man. It means that that dogs are somehow less than humans. But but I'll give you that. I mean, the Steelers are are crotch sniffers, so we got that settled. That's okay. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, but also don't forget that the Bengals are thirsty for three, right? Their their third Super Bowl appearance. So we have some history as well. 
appearance, underscore that word, appearance, key word, what we're talking about. The Steelers, have, have, we never bring up our Super Bowl appearances because they don't mean anything. We, man, have you ever heard the phrase, it doesn't matter who wins or loses, it's just about how you play the game? Have you ever heard that phrase? Of it's just course about I being there. It. Of course I heard it, and I it, think it's for losing it, franchises. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Look, uh, still, I'm going to try to be nice as well. It's hard, but I'll try. So, to be honest, I think that... I think that there's a point. There is mutual respect between the two states. I mean, look, think about it like this. Look at it from this perspective. The Bengals drafted Tyler Boyd from Pittsburgh, uh, Marvin Lewis from, from a suburb of Pittsburgh. Uh, back in uh, 2013, they, they picked up James Harrison when, when the Steelers cut a Pittsburgh legend due to the uh, mismanagement of the cap. The, the, the Bengals, they wanted some of that. They, they wanted some of that, how shall we call it, feistiness? <laughs> I mean, they gave that feistiness to, to, to Vontaze Perfect, albeit maybe too much. Uh, you know, uh, James Harrison didn't see the field much uh, when, when he was on Cincinnati. It was a stacked team, so they had to cut him, and he went back to Pittsburgh the next year. He was 36 years old, and he, he became one of the best players on, on the Steelers' defense. Likewise, the Steelers, they've picked up a lot of players and coaches from Ohio and Kentucky. I'm talking about your Le'Veon Bell. He's from Reynoldsburg, Ohio, so he, he probably grew up a Bengals fan, as we all, all, all intelligent people do. No, he said he grew up a Steelers fan. His whole family did. Oh, I mean, he has to say that. It's politics, man. And then there's no, Bud it's Dupree. not. He there's said it. Anyways, you got, you got Bud Dupree. You got your Ryan Shazier. You got your Mike Mitchell. You got your Ben Roethlisberger. And even James Harrison himself. These are just some of the 15 or so Steelers who either grew up or went to college in Ohio or Kentucky. So, you, oh, I forgot, Mike Tomlin coached for the University of Cincinnati at, at one point in his life. So, there's a lot of admiration, dare I say infatuation, going on there. Would you agree with that? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something about the great state of Ohio. Absolutely, it's a football haven. The great Chuck Knoll is from... Cleveland, Ohio. I didn't know that. Chuck Norris, too. I did not know You've that. You've got to think about going way back. We take a look at some Ohio State players the Pittsburgh Steelers have on the football team, whether it was Will Allen or Ryan Shazier or the great Santonio Holmes with that catch against the Cardinals in the corner to help us bring number six to Pittsburgh. I'm barfing right now thinking about Cameron it. Hayward, he went to the Ohio State University, guys. There's a lot of players out there right. that the Pittsburgh Steelers love that are somehow, some way affiliated with whether it's the Ohio State Buckeyes, coaches, the great state of Ohio. Don't forget Dick LeBeau graduated from the Ohio State University. The Pittsburgh Steelers have that pipeline. He was he was our coach. He was our defensive coordinator. Yes, he was. And you he was your coach. You guys fired him for whatever reason. I don't get it, but... Not head coaching material. But he's It's hard to make the cut. I mean, it's the Bengals. We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals here. Yeah, we have pretty high standards. Yeah, high standards, man. <laughs> Look, let, let me just say, it's not just about where they come from, man. Let me ask you a question. Neil O'Donnell played for the Steelers, played for the Bengals. Where is he now? He's currently a sales representative for Field Turf in... Kentucky, because you just you gotta live there, man. You wanna be. That's where the that's where the beauty is. That's where the football is. That's where the that's where the heart. Neil O'Donnell made the decision. He decided which is better. Boom. There you go. 
I call I call Cincinnati Sintucky. I don't even think that's English. I don't think I don't think that's English, man. And by the way, have you? I, I had that skyline chili one time. I was in my pants for about eight hours. I don't. That's know. what you're supposed to do. That's the effect. Yeah, that it's it is not designed to have for people you. from Pittsburgh. That's no, the, that's yeah. the part of the secret formula. It has a special effect on people from Pittsburgh, actually. Well, when I go to Cincinnati away games, yes, I do love Cincinnati when I go to visit, especially coming this year when I want the key to the city. I want the key to the city so we can paint that town once again black and gold because it belongs to me. It belongs to the Steeler Nation and, of course, Ben Roethlisberger has only lost two games his entire career down at Paul Brown Stadium. I love it. Yes, he's lost two games and gained many pounds and many years. The Ben Roethlisberger days will pass, my friend. But you I don't see him lately. He's lost about. He's a thin guy. He came. He was part of the the, the pre-training camp there, the off-season program. And this guy, he's very thin. I mean, you're going to see that he looks a lot like his rookie year now. Still, still, I say this from experience, man. Never underestimate the effect of a good tummy tuck. Because that's what I'm suspecting here, man. But you know, Yeah, still, another thing, uh, to be honest with you, and, and to, to kind of piggyback on Hoji's comment... Uh, Bengals players will sign for less than market value and they don't want to leave despite the fact that oh, there's all these criticisms of management and ownership or whatever you know in the past in the 90s it was bad I mean they still that reputation hasn't completely faded but people don't want to leave and part of the reason is because we have a very loving fan base a loyal fan base that is really sincere in the sense that our fans are from Ohio and from Kentucky you don't have fans from just random cities who just say oh now that they're winning or whatever, I'm going to be a Bengals fan. And people, they like that. They appreciate that, you know? Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. Where is Marvin Jones today? Marvin Jones was playing across from the greatest receiver in the NFL. So it was either, look, I'm always going to be number two, or because the Bengals made a very competitive offer. They made an offer that I think was basically as much as Detroit. So it wasn't about money. It's just he wanted to be a star. He loved, he's still friends with a lot of the Bengals players. He still pictures, shares people, whatever. No, Marvin Jones loved it there. Where's Mohamed Sanu? He walked. Mohamed Sanu. There is no oh, way Bengals are going to give their fourth or fifth option in the passing game, you know, more than what, two, three million a year. Man, There's no Mohamed Sanu had a lot of heart, but it's not, a, I mean, it's not a terrible loss. You would agree with that, Steve. I like you guys let go two very seasoned, experienced wide receivers. Tyler Eifert, we all know this guy. I believe it's fun. He's questionable. He's always hurt. Yes, he had a good year last year. But your wide receivers all of a sudden, that's becoming a concern. Don't expect a rookie to come in and just... You, you guys going to have to well, start the, worrying no, about I mean, the passing look, attack. No, you I like mean, those so two vet- The thing is, I mean, we don't have, you know, players on four-game suspensions or those kind of problems. So, who who do yeah. we have on four-game suspension? The Steelers oh. don't. Oh, sorry. Oh, entire season suspensions. I'm saying One guy. Players. You have one guy, right, which... Right. But we which don't have I, those. So we have people that are going to be Oh, there wait a minute. Whole... Taylor Mays. Uh, Did I just read something wait. recently about Taylor Mays? Taylor Mays was a camp buddy. Taylor Mays was a guy we're going to throw in 
we're going to get him to bu you know bust his face up or whatever in the in the training yeah, camp yeah. and then move along. You know, we don't need yeah, him. Isn't, he's, he's isn't Le'Veon Bell facing a four-game suspension for the second year in a row? No, you guys have seen. This is why I have it's to like really tradition. I thought you have Martavius Bryant suspended the entire year. You got after four games last year. I mean. What is it about Pittsburgh that makes the youth turn to drugs? Is what is what I'm wondering. What I'm trying to explain to you guys is that's why I gotta educate you on what's going on. Le'Veon Bell never failed any drug right. test. He just changed his phone number or something and didn't let the NFL know. I know, just an innocent mistake, right? No, the NFL has to make a reasonable effort. Right, right. Well, he has to first give them a phone number. All he has to do is call the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was not Le'Veon Bell's fault. Let's take the protein. Let's take the protein levels just a little bit down here. Let's turn down the protein here and 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 more even-handedly, uh, yourteamcheats.com, Steel, ranks the Steelers as the second worst offenders of, of what you could call leak protocol. The site takes everything. It, 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 it reckons everything. It, it talks about your, your PEDs, in case you don't know, performance-enhancing enhancing drugs. It, uh, dirty hits, deflate kit. Your Patriot, the Patriots, the, which we would think would be the cheatingest, cheatingest team in the NFL, they're 16th. Steelers number two. So I'm wondering if maybe we should change the, the second E to an A in the name. Just keep calling you guys the Steelers, you know, because you guys steal victories from more justice-loving teams like our furry friends, the Bengals. Do you call stealing a victory when Perfect hit Antonio Brown and then that those fist, uh, fisticuffs with Joey Porter at the end and those two personal fouls stealing a victory? John, that's because I of... That's a that's a victory when Joey Porter walked on the field in the first place, which he shouldn't have been. He was checking on the health of he the defenders. Players. Oh, Not a bit, but he, he was, was there. You guys shouldn't have threw those punches at him. That's why you got those two personal fouls. You see, guys, boneheaded error. You know, you know the thing is, we are getting back into the bickering and the fighting, and that's what I wanted to avoid. And I, I'm, I'm kind of at fault too. I shouldn't have gotten involved with, with uh, steel. You know. Uh, this is what the Steelers players were doing, you know, well after the game. Le'Veon Bell calling us out, saying we all play dirty against him. It's not just Vontez perfect, and and this kind of stuff, you know, it's. I feel like it's not fitting of a football player. You know, you just, you just that's what the Steelers do, man. It's like Al Pacino said: every time you try to get out, they just keep pulling you back in. That's that's how they work, man. <laughs> I love the analogy. I love it. Well, remember, Perfect has a history of, you know, twisting ankles. That's why he's suspended. I mean, we yeah, I, I, you see ahead, the so. history of Vontez Perfect. Unfortunately, if the guy would just stop the boneheaded errors, if he would just stop them, I think he would be a really yeah. good football player. But he doesn't understand that when you tackle a guy, don't twist his ankle or don't. You know, yeah. you know, still, I, I, I think I think it's funny how James Harrison, quote unquote, kind of made her career on some of the hits that we see Vontaze Perfect make. But not everyone cared because you know he got suspended, he got fined, and the Steelers won with it. You know, they still they still had that winning mentality. Just because the Bengals are perennial losers in the playoff games, Vontaze Perfect gets villainized across the NFL, and I, I just think it's a little hypocritical in my opinion. Well, I'm going to tell John, you is, is John, I I'm not uh, disputing what you're saying, and there were times when James Harrison put those hits on a players when I went oh my gosh you have to adjust your game the NFL has progressed since then and of course with all the concussions and all the injuries even Mike Mitchell stated he he went on record and said look I've had to learn to adjust my game which is why he made that big hit 
on that Bengals wide receiver, which was in the middle of his body. He didn't go for it. No, I think what they meant was he came because he's from Ohio. He's like, I used to play the game the right way. Now, now I have to adjust <laughs> it, right? And play. Like Still, let me let me let me just jump on in here and just All say, right, go ahead. if there's one thing, if there's one thing I know about Cincinnati ladies, it's that they don't like the squealers. They don't like people just a squealing and a squealing. And that's what the Steelers do. They, they act all tough, but then they end up whining a lot about physical play. Just a couple months ago, okay, Steel, Le'Veon Bell said, and I am going to quote here, I don't think it was just, he's talking about Vontez, it was like the whole team, he said it was like the whole team was really out there trying to like twist my ankles and do little dirty stuff in between the pods. This is like everyone in the league knows you guys as the Pittsburgh squealers because you hurt them, but you don't, you don't bear the hurt. So my question is, would you prefer if instead of the, the contact and, and the pain, we faced off in like a, a pillow fight or uh, nail painting, perhaps, or, you know, we could like braid each other's hair or something less manly as a competition so that your players don't have to live in, in fear? You know, to honestly answer that question, it's interesting how you propose that because there is nobody out there from Pittsburgh and you can interpret that comment as you like, but Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati with D'Angelo William as our running back and Fitz Toussaint in the playoffs with Jordan Todman. So we didn't even have to need our two guys. No, and you know, that's that's honestly one thing that John and I were talking about earlier that we respect about the Steelers, their strategy and the fact that they can plug just about anybody in Todd Haley's system into the running game and they'll do well. I mean, D'Angelo, you're right. He's a 32-year-old and he had a great year. And then Todman and Toussaint, they had a great playoff game against us. So I, I agree with that part, uh, Steele. There's a fine line between strategy and sneakiness, though. Keep going, sorry. We've got the kind of offense. We've got, don't forget, the great Hall of Famer Mike Munchak coaching this offensive line. We've got Marcus Gilbert from Florida. We've got David DeCastro at right guard from Stanford. Marquise yeah. Pouncey comes back. Okay, yeah, we've no, got Ramon Foster still, from Tennessee. Still, I'm glad. We have a stud Is it true, is it true that Mike Munchie, uh, when his when his offensive linemen aren't playing well, he just pulls their hair? Is that true or no? Did you see that video? His hair got caught. No, I was just on, asking. Oh, that yeah. how, is that I saw it. Running? I saw it. And I, when I saw that, I went, did Mike Munchak just pull his hair? His extensions no, got tied up with No, but Munch this fits with the whole narrative that Hoji was saying about the braiding yeah. and the, maybe the that's the kind the of maybe they like no I mean don't don't girls pull each other's hair is that's what they like to do it's a kind of flirty kind of pull yeah I mean yeah I agree I don't know guys I don't know what kind of women you're hanging around with but the hair pulling kind clearly well you know still back in my village uh, we, we had this problem uh, our water was rerouted to a neighboring village, which was actually Daddy's village. They were better off. So uh, that's, that's, couldn't that's, grow... there's, there's very complicated politics behind that. Yeah, you? we couldn't grow tomatoes to make pasta sauce, so we had to turn to ketchup for our lasagna, spaghetti, and what have you. Well, we didn't. We also, when we didn't want our goats to get too close to our children and kind of nibble on our children, we put chairs in front of our huts. Now, in the American Journal of Sociology, I read that in Pittsburgh they use Heinz ketchup instead of pasta sauce, and put chairs on the street to keep people from parking in front of their homes. <laughs> but despite both of us coming from essentially developing world kind of atmospheres, you guys landed a professional football team, my village yet to do so. So could you tell me about the process? How can I petition uh, for my village to get an NFL uh, expansion team? <laughs> oh, guys, that... <laughs> 
No comment. No comment. John, did you want to say anything? <laughs> you, you know, uh, Steele, there's a, there's a narrative that's been fl- that's been kind of floating around the league for quite some time now, and um, I, I, I just I just want to I just want to get this from a, from a pure Pittsburgh perspective. When, when there's an away game for the Steelers, and you know you're watching CBS, you, you're watching Jim Nance do his thing, you know, like he does every every week, and it says, "Oh yeah, there's there's twenty thousand terrible towels in the away stadium." All oh, those Pittsburgh fans, they really do travel well. It always kind of irked me that this that this fan base that's based in Pittsburgh apparently just travels all across the country from week to week. I think there's, there's just Pittsburgh fans all over the all over the country. What do you, what do you say to that narrative? Yeah, I agree uh, to your last point uh, what happened was during the 1970s the the latter part of the 70s in the 80s when this pretty much became null a lot of the children and the grandchildren relocated in other parts of the US and as a result they still loved the Pittsburgh Steelers so they remain loyal and whenever whether it's you know on the west coast or east coast the southern part of the US Pittsburgh Steelers fans live in those communities now what I will say is that, and I'm one of those people, I do like to travel uh, in and around uh, the great uh, eastern part of the U.S. and the Midwest when it comes to away games. So I think Pittsburgh Steelers fans, because we realize it's an opportunity to go and have fun in away state. For example, I love to go down to Cincinnati and see an away game. Why? Because there's a good amount of Steelers fans, A, and B, I always had a lot of fun uh, down there. So um, all, all uh, kidding aside, it, it, that's a great question. But uh, as you could see, based on the history, Pittsburgh Steelers fans are all over the country. So they're oh, able like, to easily go to games. I, I went to I went to Steelers-Bengals game a few years ago in Paul Brown Stadium. And I had the great fortune of sitting next to an older man who was also a Steelers fan. And I think a conversation struck up between us saying, hey, uh, you, got a lot of, you got a lot of your friends here. You got, a lot, you got a, quite a few thousand uh, terrible towels here. Is yeah, I like I like to go to the Bengals Steelers game in, in Cincinnati simply based on the fact that I hate Heinz Field. I think Paul Brown Stadium is a much better facility and a much better place to watch a game. How do you compare Heinz Field to Paul Brown Stadium? I mean, for God's sakes, it's one's thirty years older than the other. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I love Heinz Field. I love how like you're you're in the stadium and you could see pretty much everywhere. I think it's a very unique looking stadium. I think the exterior looks unique. I think the way you're when you're sitting in the stadium, there's really not a bad seat. Um, you could see the city, the skyline. I'm very biased. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I did, I think Paul Brown Stadium is a very traditional looking stadium. I'm, you know, I think it's a, a good stadium. Every time I go there, I'm able to get a seat relatively easily. Um, I was there for the playoff game last year. It was phenomenal. Uh, one of the best wild card games I ever saw. Um, I enjoy going to uh, Paul Brown Stadium and I've gone to, you know, Cleveland Brown Stadium. I've gone to Baltimore. I've gone to Indianapolis, Chicago. Um, there's a lot of great stadiums out there, and it is really hard uh, to compare all of them, especially when you get a great seat. I mean, one, one difference is that uh, the, the Paul Brown Stadium is named after someone involved with football, whereas <coughs> the Steelers one is, is named after ketchup. So that's, it's kind of just... <laughs> well, that's, but no, that's because they, that's essential to their diet over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't forget it's for the pasta. It's for the spaghetti sauce. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to bet you you got mustard, ketchup in your fridge. That's from Heinz as well. Let's. You should probably go look and Touché. see. Touché. 
No, you know, <laughs> well, we, if we, we don't want to, we don't want to get caught up on names because you know we think Steelers. I mean, steel is really just iron that has a little bit of carbon in it. So, since it's on the helmets, I guess we could call them also the Iron Heads, Steelers, Iron Heads, same thing. They got hey, don't head. forget Cam Hayward, his father, Ironhead Hayward. So uh, you guys might be onto something there. Yeah. Well, uh, still, I don't think we really got anywhere. With well, I got somewhere. Though. I, I mean, steel, steel has really frightened me i've realized that there are steelers fans everywhere right. i mean i live in malibu it's, it's possible that there's a there's a steelers fan next door now, mind you next door is is a mile away but still i mean I, that that's frightening steelers fans all over the place it further proves my theory that, it, that the steelers are a cult a ufo cult uh, i i encourage you still to check out my <laughs> documentary it's very. It's actually, it's, it's actually very well done. It's, it's, it's on a very factual. It's contrafactual and factual at the same time. In my documentary on how, how the Steelers are a UFO. Yeah, I was skeptical. Uh, a cult. I, you know the symbols. If you look at the symbols on the on the helmets, for example, it, it's pointing to the portal through which their higher powers descend and give them the commands. And they. Wow. They, yeah. Watch you it. You should man. really watch it. You yeah. should. Watch I it. am going to watch it. In fact, um, when I get off this call, I'm going to go and I'm going to save it. And I'm going to spend some time watching it. You right. should. Maybe, maybe have like a get the, Get the director's edition. <laughs> In the director's edition, I make comments throughout, actually. So it's only like wow. a three-minute video. But yeah. yeah. It's like $49.99 on Amazon. Or just go on YouTube. It's on YouTube for free. But, but I get money from the kids. <laughs> Guys, it, it's... Uh, this is a, one of the best rivalries. And I'm going to go on record in saying this. I think this is the best rivalry in the NFL right now that's going on, even better than Steelers and Ravens because so there's so much, so many fisticuffs. There's so many much fighting. There's so much back and forth on Twitter. This is, to me, what football is meant to be like. That's right. why the, I love the, this rivalry. But the point was, we want the rivalry to be about football and competitiveness. We don't want it to be about hurting one another. That's my point. And don't ask, don't ask Heinz Ward when he jacked up Keith Rivers and broke his jaw. You guys mm. saw that. This, this rivalry goes back quite a while. It's nasty. Still, are you making our point or are you against our point then? <laughs> you know what? I am saying that I love football this way. So I'm against your point. I want to see, when I saw Vontez Burfitt, KO Antonio Brown, I said, you know what? That's the way football is sometimes. And somebody can do that on any given play. You can have uh, Bud Dupree go and in, in, in KO Andy Dalton, although Andy Dalton tried to tackle Stefan to it. And obviously, he damaged his thumb. But these things happen in rivalry games, guys. That's well, just how... I don't know about that with the Antonio Brown. I mean, nowadays, they recently, they're saying that concussions aren't good for you. And there's all sorts of research. I don't know the details. But, you know, it could have long-lasting effects. You know, it's not, I... it's not something to be happy about. It's football, guys. That. That's the NFL. I'm, hey, I, when I saw it, I understood it. I was pissed, but guess what? We won the game, and that's all that matters. Well, the Buddha teaches us, uh, Steve, that uh, there is no fire like passion. There is no shark like hatred. There is no snare like folly. There is no torrent like greed. And I believe, personally, this is just my point of view, that having a, an intense, sizzling hot rivalry, this intense, which causes pain, it's it's the shark of hatred. It's the fire of passion. It's the, the snare of folly, the torrent of greed. 
we're dealing with. I think we got to we got to turn it down a notch, maybe, because it's, it's, it's everybody's getting hurt, man. Feelings are getting hurt. The lives are being shortened. Yeah, that's why still I think really the reason that I reached out to you is that your YouTube channel and your uh, Twitter account are a little provocative. I feel like you're yeah. fanning the flames. And I feel like, you know, maybe some of the Steelers people, they come across it and they get encouraged. So you should really talk more about, you know, how we can love. be friends. Yeah. Love yeah. and friendship. Yeah. And maybe Vontes, he's not a bad guy. He just wants to be friends. He just he was tr- he's just trying to hug. He hugs people too tight. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is, again, the best rivalry in the NFL. And I want to see it man. nasty. Agreed. I want to see Agreed. it tall. Don't get too attached to Roethlisberger. Don't think he's going to make it through the season this year, man. Because la- last year, he barely made it through, man. This year, I, I don't know, man. He's getting up well, there. Well, no, he-, he has one less game against Vontez, so that should help. Oh, yeah, that's going to help him, yeah. That's true. All right, still. Well, uh, we'll, we'll try to get you on maybe uh, around next time before the Bengals play. So we'll, we'll see you probably around and, then. And, and sure next you. time, try the, try the three-way without the cow flesh. It will stay in your belly much longer. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, take care. And I, le- and I use the term gentlemen loosely. Yes, All right, we won't be gentle with you, my friend. All right, Estil. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. We'll All right, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. Oh, uh, Oji, before you leave, I wanted to talk to you about something. Uh, there is this new podcast that's taking NFL fans by storm. It's actually very similar to our podcast. You know, I'm just, I just want to get your take on it, you know. It, it's actually by somebody that we both know very well. Yeah, man, I know what you're talking about. It's by Carl Shank. Please, man, don't get me started on this guy. It is a well-kept secret that he is personally responsible for the entire 2008 financial crisis for selling a hotel made entirely out of ice, you know, like the, the ice hotel they have in, in Sweden. The, the thing he didn't tell his customer was that it was in Arizona. I think he basically just wanted to sell the guy a puddle. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. The guy doesn't have the best track record. I remember when he sold me stock in Boeing, but it was Boeing with a W, you know, so like a Bose and the Ribbons company in St. Louis, Missouri that went bankrupt. But man, I don't... Man, and he does it with like this this fake charm, man. I just hate that guy. I hate yeah, him but... so much. I don't know. You, I'm not sure if he's ripping off our podcast or not. Oh, come I mean, on, man. Well, I mean, look, look, the name is very similar to... Uh, sorry if I spit when I speak. It's uh, What is the name again? It's excuse me for expectorating while I enunciate. So pretty much exactly the same thing, Daddy. I don't think it's similar. Right. It's ex- well, look, it's, it's my fault. It's my oh, fault because yeah. I shouldn't have let him into my house for dinner that time when he was trying to push that cheap skincare bundle package on me. You know, I should have just, I should have just bought it, and 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 he would have left me alone. You know, yeah, well, but but it, it costs cost money. Yeah, but, you know, that's true. I had to make a, a decision there. And it, he did all, almost cost me my life when he plotted my death in that effort to steal my show. Yeah. Remember when he introduced me to his cousin T-Bone McGee, then he convinced T-Bone to sell me faulty tires that were somehow really, really flammable. So I, I was lucky to avoid disaster. Uh, but remember I missed, like, most of the NFL season? Remember, Roger? Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly do. I mean, it. It's generally a bad thing when someone plots your death. I mean, that's that hurts, you know. But I mean, stealing our show. I mean, that that's a whole different level. I mean, okay. I mean, there's one that's taking it too far. Well, death I mean, is yeah. Bad. I mean, yeah. And then making the show about the Steelers. 
mean, that's, that's a stab in the eye, man. That's far worse. Look, I'm sorry, Daddy. I, I mean, have you, even, have you listened to the show? I've listened. Well, yeah, yeah but, 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 let's let the listeners hear exactly how, uh, what we're talking about here, how offensive it is. All right, well, all right. We'll give the listeners a, a listen. Welcome to another episode of Excuse Me for Expatriating While I Enunciate. The most original football show there is out there. We focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are winners, unlike some other shows that focus on losers. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. We got a great show ahead of you because we got a great season ahead of you. Season of winning, season of Steelers. Wait, wait, too soon. That's right. Because guess what, people? I'm going to take a ride across the moon. Tell them how to do it, Neil. You and me, Steelers, Roethlisberger. We have uh, three very important topics for today. Uh, we're going to talk about number one. What are these robots that uh, the Steelers are using in practice? I mean, robots. That's just amazing. And then I'm the, I'm the only person who's made. Um, now, of course, the second topic is going to be Roethlisberger, 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 and uh, does he endorse Trump? I knew I do, but uh, there's rumors going back and forth about uh, Roethlisberger. Uh, does he endorse Trump or not? Hopefully he does. We'll talk about that. Uh, three, of course, is uh, our number one draft pick, uh, Artie Burns. And who is Artie Burns? And was he worth the number one draft pick? And I think he was. I think uh, Steelers management just once again hit a home run. So, that's our show for today coming up. Are you suffering from arthritis? Are you suffering from pain? Are you suffering from headaches? Maybe you have a hangnail that just won't leave you alone. Well, everybody knows that the only cure for all of these diseases is in rhino horn. Amway brings you the top quality rhino horn poached from deep in Africa where rhino horn does best. Rhino Horn, only $179.95. And we're back after that delightful commercial break. So it, there seems to be a new uh, phase that the Steelers are going through, which is awesomeness. They they have surpassed uh, the previous uh, stage of greatness to go to awesomeness. And uh, that involves the special dummies that they're using in drills, which are uh, called mobile virtual players, or <laughs> MVP, and I think that says a lot. It was developed uh, by Dartmouth football head coach uh, Buddy Tevens uh, as a way uh, for, for players to practice uh, without getting hurt as much as they would and being able to slam something just as hard as they were. Now, the question on everybody's minds that I'm asking is, how is this going to work? Because... I can imagine this making the Steelers better, but how does a team that's already the best get better? Now, it's true we didn't win the Super Bowl, of course, because of all the cheating. Uh, the Bengals really set us up with the cheating that they did and the hurting and the uh, fouling. But then, of course, the Broncos, uh, we know them as the dirtiest team in football, uh, cheated. So now that we have the robot advantage and technology and science on our side, uh, how does this work exactly to be better than awesome and perfect? It's a philosophical conundrum. Do you ever wish you knew another language? Do you ever wonder, hey, if I knew something other than American, uh, would I be able to travel more and enjoy my life? You bet you would. Well, because of that, 
Uh, Amway is offering a special new product called Amway's Language Pills. Uh, you can learn Turkish, Arabic, Chinese, uh, any other language you like, really, just by having two pills a day, one in the morning, after breakfast, and one before dinner. You do not have to open a book, study, practice, uh, engage with uh, people of other cultures at all. You just simply take the pill and learn the language. And we're back after another very pleasant commercial break to talk about Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, and will he endorse Trump or not, finally? Uh, there's been some confusion, and he has publicly disavowed Trump, but that doesn't really make matters clear for us, does it? Oh, 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 well, that sound means that it's the end of our show. We have run out of time without being able to discuss Artie Burns, but we promise to do so next time. And with that, boys and girls, friends and enemies, I leave you Carl Carlos Shank with the most original football show out there. Excuse me for expectorating while I enunciate. See you next week, friends. Yeah, Oji, I see what you're saying. It sounds very similar, but we shouldn't judge people, right? I mean, maybe... Who knows how he came up with the idea? But are you are you serious, Daniel? I mean, he he totally ripped off the hojoscope too. Now, now listen to this part. You can he totally rips it off. Welcome to another very special episode of Excuse Me for Expectorating While I Enunciate. Boy, when I hear this song, don't you just kind of wish you were wrapped in Mike Tomlin's arms, flying across the sky, just, you know, saying, announcing to the world, hey man, Roethlisberger was acquitted for rape. So, I'm sort of excited and psyched to tell you about another very special thing I've created straight out of my mind called the Carlstall Ball. And in the Carlstall Ball, uh, I will make quirky predictions and strange conjectures about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their future. And I'm very excited to do so. So here we go, the Carlstall Ball. So you might not be surprised to know that my prediction this year is for the Steelers, the greatest team in the NFL and in any sport, really, to win the Super Bowl. And here's why. I interviewed Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger Sr., at a crab shack in Pittsburgh that we particularly both like. And it was an honor to talk to him. We spoke about Ashley, we spoke about Ben Jr., we spoke about Bailey Mary, and uh, his two kids, Ben Jr., Bailey Mary. And he told me about Big Ben's barbecue sauce, which, which I put on crab. I pulled out of my pocket. He didn't think I had to, did you, Ben? But I did. It was in my pocket. And about his little stint with the uh, Gotham Rogues there when we all saw him on TV. It was just wonderful. The thing was, <laughs> lo and behold, I had forgotten to enter the correct 15-digit password on my Amway recording pen. So there is no interview. But I do have something in my heart and mind. And I'll tell you what I told him. We were cracking crabs there. And boy, Ben's just got the hugest, most strongest hands. And his hands got dirty, and my, he was, I had him cracking those uh, crabs for myself, too. And I said, Ben, let's go to the bathroom and wash up. And uh, I put some of my special uh, Amway special sud solution in the water for him, which created a lot of suds as he was washing his hand. And, and Ben uh, pulled out his hand, and his ring was not, his Super Bowl ring was not on his, uh, on his fingers. Now, I don't know if it was... Uh, Super Bowl 40 or Super Bowl 43, but he did not have his ring and he was a little bit worried. So 
The good news was that I reached in those suds and pulled out the ring. He tried it on, and it sort of fit him, but he said, you know what, this is not my ring. And, and he looked at it, and I said, well, actually, yeah, you know what, that's my class ring. Unfortunately, uh, listeners, he never did find his ring. But the moral of the story is that Ben only has one ring right now. He's going to need another one, and that's why I predict a Super Bowl win. Hey there, little girl. Hey there, big boy. Do you ever wish that you had a Super Bowl ring? I bet you do. Those are pretty hard to come by nowadays, aren't they? But Amway has one in stock for you. Limited time and we only have one left. Super Bowl 40, a Super Bowl ring that you can wear and impress your friends. Going now for only $89,995. You hear that? Strange conjectures? That's exactly what I do. You you know what, man? I can't take this anymore. I want to settle this right now. Tommy, put my lawyer on the phone. Fuzzy, come on. We're in the middle of a show, man. Hello? Yeah, DJ? Greetings, my friend. You've been listening, I'm sure. Uh, Do I have a case? Of course you do. You see, Hoji, your Hojiscope segment has a copyright. Because, of course, you applied for a copyright. You filed those papers that I filled out for you. Uh, well, uh, papers. Well, uh, ADJ, I'm really more of a lover uh, than a filer. I see. Well, don't you worry, because intellectual property isn't just about copyright. This show is your life, and the emotional damage that you suffer when you see Carl Carlos Schenk take your ideas and praise the nemesis team that you don't like, it is very great. You suffer. Exactly, yes. I I shouldn't have to suffer, man. Me, of all people. Tommy, why don't you get my lawyer on as well? I'm sure he's listening. I just want to see if I have a case. A case? Do you have a case? Did Hannibal have an elephant? Did Remus and Romulus drink from a wolf's teat? Of course you have a case, man. Wonderful. Let's see what uh, Carl has to say for himself. Let's see if we can get him on the phone too. He only answers if we use your phone, Hoji, because it has a Malibu number. Uh, Hello? Hello, Carl. I'm I'm sorry if I'm disturbing you. Um, But we actually have a a complaint that we want to... Listen here, Carl. You are a... Hoji, Hoji, let me handle this. We don't want another volatile situation. Right, right. Yeah, you're talking about when I wrote that researcher at UC San Diego around uh, campus. I, I, I wrote on his back around campus, man. But that, that, that was out of protest for, uh, for his support of SeaWorld. So it was totally uh, called for. It was very legitimate. Mr. Carl Karloshenk, your Carlistal ball is in clear copyright infringement of my client's hojiscope. Mm-hmm. My client, Dr. Smoji, invented quirky, far-fetched predictions of football happenings based on personal anecdotes and hunches. His is a telescope through which Hoji sees through to the future. A hojiscope, if you will. Yours is a crystal ball through which you see through to the future. A Carl Steel ball. The resemblances are too close to be independently created. Mm-hmm. Plus, you had a reasonable opportunity to observe my client's work since you were fired from Sorry If I Speak to Where I Speak after working there for two years, oh. a mere six months before releasing your own show. Why, that is preposterous. The Carlstow Ball started when I was just six years old. That is so not true. And my Auntie Carly, Carlita Shank took me to a wonderful fair and bought me a very special present, a crystal ball. She said, young man, you're going to use this crystal ball to make people's lives better. You're going to tell them the future. 
of the, the Steelers. Because oh. the Steelers, young man, she told me, are the greatest team on earth. They're certainly much better than the Cincinnati Bengals, who will not ever win a Super Bowl oh, ring. She told me man. that, and she was right. Oh, that's just that's just a load of baloney. That's a beautiful story, Mr. Shank. Really, it is. It thawed my ever-frozen heart. Excuse me, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Jack Bernstein, Esquire. Attorney at law. I handle copyright infringement, and I suggest you buckle up, sir, because I'm about to take you on the ride of your life. Mm -hmm. You see, Mr. Shank, my client holds exclusive indubitable rights for his very fungible commodity, a podcast entitled Sorry If I Burp When I Walk. Uh, no, sorry if I spit when I speak. Don't interrupt me while I'm working, daddy -o. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Your podcast not only hijacks Mr. McDuck's intellectual property, mm -hmm. but your title, Excuse Me for Excreting Unexpectedly... Uh, no, no, no. Excuse me for expectorating while I enunciate. I'm not going to warn you again, Daddy-o. Okay, all right. I'll just sit here quietly. Clearly replicates the three-word alliteration in his title, as well as the idea of apologizing for spewing abnormal amounts of saliva while communicating verbally. You're looking at $18.31 in monetary damages, and you might want to sit down for this, $750,000 in punitive damages. Feeling warm, Mr. Shank? That collar tightening on you a little bit, Mr. Shank? Oh, believe me, sir, when I'm done with you, the only broadcasting you'll be doing is through a microphone at a drive through at Arby's. My, my, this is all just one big misunderstanding. You see, as a child, I always had a, a dry mouth. Um, I suffered from a, a condition, and, uh, and, and, and for that reason, I was always apologizing to others for expectorating. So, you see, there's nothing to get all worked up about because life is stressful enough as is. That's why I drink a tall, frothy glass of Amway's adult milk every night before I go to bed. It's bottled at dawn when cows release large amounts of the stress-reducing hormone melatonin. And it's barely more expensive than regular milk. Just $59.99 for a one-liter bottle. Amway's adult milk because you can't afford not to drink a good night's piece of rest. Alright, well, uh, we're gonna have to... J just hang up, Daddy. Yeah, we're gonna have to end the show, uh, Carl, so I'm sorry, We'll but, you see know. you in court, you... That's all for this episode of... Oh, sorry if I spit when I speak. I want to thank my co-hosts, Dr. Hoji, Electric Smoji, and John Sheeran. You can keep up with us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel, DNH Sports. And, of course, there's our Facebook page, DNH Sports TV. So long, sweet advice. Sorry If I Spit When I Speak was brought to you today by Johnson & Johnson's Pittsburgh Steelers-themed Band-Aids. Ideal for cuts, scrapes, and even hurt feelings. <laughs>